Welcome to the Ritual House Podcast, a show about the rituals we practice, the new ones we create, and the many ways rituals help us live deeper, more meaningful, and more connected lives. I'm your host, Tova Leibovic Douglas, and allow me to be the first one to say, welcome home. Welcome back, listeners. An original name of the Ritual House was Unique Holy Souls. Throughout the pandemic, this was sort of my teaching, my main teaching, which is still something I greatly believe, which is that each one of us is a unique holy soul created in the image of divine. In Hebrew, that is B'Tselem Elohim. It's this beautiful notion that each one of us is unique, has a divine spark within us, each one of us is godly. I really do believe if we walked in the world considering that the person in front of us was also created in the image of God and also a unique holy soul, no matter what they did, let's say cut us off on the freeway, often we forget wherever we're walking in the world, we're interacting with people. And each one of those people is godly, just like you are, just like I am. It's really hard to take that in if you really sit with it, right? Like how profound. And yet our spiritual leaders... I think are missing this. I think most of us are missing this. I forget it a lot too, right? And it's something that I really care about. We're missing it because, I don't know, our egos get in the way. Life can be hard, but we're, we're lacking. We're lacking moral, spiritual leadership from a true, deep sense, the kind that sees each person as a unique holy soul. And I think it's up to us, really, which means my ego, and I have one, trust me, <laughs> needs to be put aside to find a way to get to that essential truth each and every day. And it is really hard work to do for all of us. But that is the game. That's what we're here to do. And so demand that of your spiritual leaders. Make sure they're walking the walk. And demand that of yourself. Make sure you're walking the walk. Okay, off my soapbox. I am really excited for this episode with Ron, who is a dear, dear friend. He is someone who walks the walk. He is someone that talks the talk. He is someone who is in the work of what it means to see each person as like this light and vessel that they have the capacity to do so much. He sees the best in people. He holds that mirror up for you to see the best in you. And I want more people like that lifted up in the world. I want more people like that around me. So I'm taking that lesson. Like, it's a lesson I know, but like this episode reminded me of that truth. And the second thing I want to name about this episode that's a little harder to name for me because, and Ron would kind of laugh at me, I think, on this because I'm American and he's Israeli. He's living in Israel right now as well during all of this, all the nightmare, all the war, all the chaos, all the horror. What I'll say is I, I'm American, but I'm also I, I'm, I'm aware that language really matters in the dynamic of talking about Israelis, Palestinians, Israel, Palestine. The whole conversation is not about that, but we talk about it because how could we not talk about it as people who are enmeshed in the spiritual lessons of it? And also for Ron, that is what he's living in, right? That's what he's dwelling in. So what Ron brings is that light to everything that he interacts with. 
and I'm taking that and I'm taking I'm taking this lesson especially for someone that is living in the middle of figuring out how to live through a war and trying to find his own grounding and spirituality through that and asking the bigger questions. I find that to be really meaningful in this moment. Gives me a lot of hope for our future and makes me want to have more conversations about ways to deal with the hard, to not shy away from it, but to like lean in and to ask like how are what are we rebuilding right now? Welcome to The Ritual House. I am here with Ron Zohar. Ron Zohar is a spiritual coach using the tools of Kabbalah, NLP, and Theta healing. Ron is a lecturer and consultant in the fields of self-improvement. Ron facilitates youth empowerment groups and guides educational teams across the country, emphasizing working with exclusion populations. Ron is engaged in informal education for over 28 years, and in the last year, he is in charge of all the Shin Shinim in the northern region of the Scouts Youth Movement in Israel. And there's much more to that bio than is shared. Ron is, there's so many things to describe about Ron. He's a friend of mine, so we should just be transparent about that. But more than that, Ron is a healer. He is a feeler. And he is someone who is here in this world, in this lifetime, I believe, personally, to really make a great shift and change in how we really think about spirituality in relation to Judaism and beyond that. Ron is the kind of person who will give someone infinite amount of presence when talking to him. And the presence is not just listening. He's listening like very carefully with love, but he gives presence because in that exchange, if you're talking to him, he's listening so that you can listen to yourself and see yourself through a mirror um, and see yourself in the best kind of light. And I feel really, really grateful to know him as a as a dear friend and a spiritual mentor. I consider him one of my spiritual mentors. And anyone would be really lucky to learn from him. So I'm really happy to have him on the podcast to talk about ritual and beyond. Welcome. Hi, Tova. I want to say as a big fan of the Ritual House from episode one, I always thought if I will participate in your podcast, how will you introduce me? And I want to say it was an honor. We can end the, the podcast now for me. <laughs> it was so nice of you. And people doesn't see you, but you you were closing your eyes. I felt like you're channeling something for me. That that was that was how I received the the intro you just did. So thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, I my bat mitzvah thank you notes. You know that I gave like you know you write thank you notes in America. I'm sure you don't do this in Israel. Like, but in America, you get a present and you have to write a thank you note. Okay, we really like to eliminate this process, but that's something that we do. Okay, and my thank you notes apparently I don't remember doing this, but were apparently very personalized and very impactful for some people. And 
I have my friends from high school that will like make fun of me because I was all, they would call me like a kiss up a little bit. They're like, you're always just like being so like, and there's part of that I can like work on. But I think one of the things that I really feel so strongly about, and I know you feel this too, which is why it feels extra great to give you, you know, a nice kavod of an introduction. But what I feel is we don't get to see ourselves like as the light that we are in the world. Like we just, it's just hard to, you know, we're so in our own narratives, busy, maybe with self-doubt. I know I have that. And it's like, why not say the beauty in the person, you know, like, why not do that? You know, and I don't do it on an everyday basis because I've learned that socially you're not supposed to do that. But I, but I, I want us all to do more of that, you know, and you are remarkable. So um, really, I want listeners to know, like, I have a question about Kabbalah. I go to Ron. If I have a question about what is the state of the world, including right now in Israel and Gaza, I go to Ron. And not because of a political solution that I think you have, but actually from like a deeper lens that you hold on like the spiritual truth of the land and of the people and what's there. So that that's really what I think you you hold. You know, you said in, in the intro, you said about it's not just seeing the person, is to enable the person to see himself through me. And I don't know if you know that, but that's what Ha'ari, Rabbi Luria Ashkenazi from Tzad, is saying that when someone comes to you as a Kabbalist, you don't give him advice from your own mind. You need to give him the things he needs to hear for his growth and development. So it's not about you. It's like, you know, I'm doing Reiki, I'm, I'm a Reiki master like you, and it's like what they teach you to take your ego backward and let the light go through you. And like, it's it's hard doing on a daily basis when someone comes to you and my ego want to answer and said, no, 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 it's not about you. It's like, it's not me saying... Ooh, ooh, translate that. Translate that. And and say who the Ha'ari is. So Ha'ari is one of the greatest Kabbalists that ever lived. He uh, lived in the 16th century. Uh, he moved with his mother to Egypt. And then he learned Kabbalah. According to the stories by Eliyahu, Elijah the prophet or Moses, or we don't know. And then he came back to Israel and lived in Tzfat okay, uh, up in the Upper Galilee, for only a year and a half, and then he died. Yes, only he, a year and a half? A I thought he was in spot forever. No, he was, he died uh, in the age of 39, and he was teaching Kabbalah for a year and a half, and that's it. And all the, most of the Kabbalah that we teach today, we call it Luriani, after his name, is from him. And actually, one of his uh, disciples, his pupils or students, he wrote all the knowledge. And that's what we have. So he's a great Kabbalist. He's buried in Tzfat. And what I was quoting before was actually from uh, the beginning of every silent prayer that we say. We call it the Amidah. We daven three times a day. And this is like the highest level. We stand straight. Our legs... Um, I don't know how to say together, right? Together, uh, yeah. Yeah. And and this is like the first sentence you say, Adonai, God, Sfatai, my lips, open my lips. 
And what I'm going to say now is going to be your glory. It's not mm -hmm. going to be me who's saying that. I want to ask you to dwell in me and be, I'm going to be just the channel. I'm, I'm just the vessel now. And my, my words, my, my mouth will say your glory. And I, I, when I used to have an, had an office, when I was managing and blah, 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 I had it on my table. Before every meeting I used to, to do with someone, I used to look at that sentence, meditate just for a minute to remember that what I need to say now is not my ego and needs to be the light. Not always, I, was, I wasn't always successful at that, but I tried. And, and it's, it's a good practice and a very good lesson. So there's two questions I have about that. One is, do you feel like anyone can channel the light? Anyone can meet with someone and be like, I can be a vessel and I'm going to say what you need to hear. And, you know, can anyone do that? That's the first question. And can you see the light in anyone? Big yes. You know, you said spiritual coach. It took me weeks to decide of the name. Because in Israel, spiritual coach doesn't catch. In Hebrew, it doesn't work the same. In America, it's more... What is more it in Hebrew? What do you say? What is it? Ma'amen ruchani. It's like a literally translation. But ma'amen in Israel is usually a sport coach. Right. So it doesn't doesn't go all the way. Um, what about mashpiach ruchani? Doesn't work. It's too... Too snobbish to say mashpia. Who am I to influence someone like an influencer? It's too much ego. So that's what actually what I do with people. I help them become the vessel that they already are because everybody's a vessel. Right. According to my belief, you have an ashama, you have a soul. The spark of light is within you. Mm -hmm. You will call it God, uh, uh whatever buddha i don't care what you name it that divine presence within you everybody has that and again if we can quote from the torah from the bible when god command moses and aaron to build a sanctuary he said you build me a sanctuary and i will dwell among them which is puzzling because they were supposed to say i will dwell in it right build me a sanctuary a temple and i will dwell but it's not the, the mishkan the temple is us so god is dwelling inside us so of course everybody everybody and i'm i'm three uh, exclamation mark even our enemies even right now even right now what they do with it is a different question but they have it and for me seeing that, I think when I was younger, I used to play with it as a game. Can I see it? Mm. But actually the answer was always yes. Wait, wait, when you were younger, just so I understand, younger like before you, cause you discovered Kabbalah when you were like in your twenties, thirties? Yes, what? yes, okay. early twenties. Early twenties, so I... before, before Kabbalah was like in your, in your orbit, you would play that game? Yeah, always, always. Because I was, I think that was the question that was interesting. You know, I was kind of a, I don't know if there's a, a phrase like that, but I was kind of a spiritual nerd. Mm -hmm. I was asking like deep question about life mm -hmm. and God and like, what's the purpose? And I was mm -hmm. looking for those answers in people. And enlightened people had that, had that spark, had that light in their eyes. 
that kind of enthusiastic uh, um, so always but now it's it's not even a question I work with people that's my love and my passion and you know when I started my own clinic the funniest thing I remember telling that to my wife always is like I'm sitting there they're amazing the people I work with and they don't see it like mm how come I see that and you're a stranger to me and you, that you live with yourself for so-and-so years, you don't see how amazing you are? So, yes. And now the game is just to make them see that. To be the best, brightest mirror I can be so they can see what I see when I see them. Yeah. I have a question on that I'll come back to, but I want to make sure to ask the question I always ask, which is, do you have, and if you can go back to your childhood, and my understanding of your childhood is that you... Your family's from Morocco, is that correct? Mm -hmm. Okay, both sides, one side? Both sides. Both sides are from Morocco. I'm actually very curious, and you don't have to answer from Morocco, but I just wanted people to know that that's your lineage, but do you have a childhood memory surrounding ritual? So before I answer that, being Moroccan is very important part of my identity, maybe for a different uh, episode in the podcast. No, no, no. It's, I want you to bring it. Yeah, it's really important. Uh, I know. Because, you know, as in, I don't know if a lot of people know, but kind of similar to United States and Canada and Australia, Israel is an immigrant country. So a lot of people came from different nationalities and kind of America, there was an, I don't know, a grading of the nationalities that came or, mm. or the places. So Moroccan wasn't considered... You know, again, we came from Morocco, Africa. I don't want to be not politically correct, even though I'm Israeli. But European Jews that came were considered more. Uh, so growing up as a Moroccan was kind of underdog in a way. Yeah. Uh, but growing up and learning more and then doing my route trip with my parents to Morocco mm. gave me such a strong and beautiful and loving identity as a Moroccan Jew. Uh, which I dearly love. So coming back to the ritual question, and again, I have to be honest, and from the first episode that you had, I was trying to answer to myself, listening to your podcast, what are my rituals? Mm. And the first time, thing that came to my mind, we were a mezuzah kissers. Ah. Okay? Every door that you go through... Now, I remember myself as like nothing. I don't know. Since I was the height of kissing the mezuzah, I was kissing the mezuzah. Didn't mean anything. I didn't know what it is, what was inside of it. <laughs> I just knew that my parents were kissing mezuzahs and I was imitating them. Okay. Right. That's uh, just what you did. <laughs> just what we did. And, it yeah. was, and, and just think about it. Every door that you go through. And again, someone that doesn't know, know that Jews has mezuzahs like that parchment on the wall on the right side. After I learned Kabbalah, I understood what inside of it and even the strength or the mystic about it, which was beautiful. But that's a different story. So this is this was one of my rituals that I remember dearly. And there's another one. I don't know if ritual is the exact word, but I grew up secular. Okay, mm -hmm. like kind mm -hmm. of. There was a Jewish tradition. We celebrate all the holidays, but we didn't keep Shabbat. And I didn't know a lot about mitzvahs or whatever. But did you light candles on Shabbat and stuff like that? And just, or no, just, it was just Friday. When my dad had the energy, we did Kiddush. 
Right. But that's only Friday night, and that's it. And I think people people that don't know Israel, I think, wouldn't know that there's so many people that are, like, doing that. Like, that it's, like, more common to go out to dinner at a restaurant or, like, do whatever on a Friday night than it is for everyone to be doing Shabbat. It's, like, much more common, I think. Much. And, and yeah. more people, more than half, are really secular. So they have kind of traditions that they keep, in maybe in Passover, Yom Kippur is beautiful, and I don't know, I think the percentage is 85% are fasting on Yom Kippur and keeping, and it's beautiful, everybody's walking the street. If you haven't been to Israel on Yom Kippur, that's a must. But, oh, you I, know, ha- I haven't, so my Oh list. my God. Please come. I think right now I'm going to not go. <laughs> yeah, it's. I think you're you're doing the smart <laughs> choice right now. With love. Anyway, so, but I did, that, that's what I wanted to say about ritual. I did speak with God, and that's oh. weird. Always, when you were a kid. Always. Mm. I had that, you know, again, kissing mezuzah, most Mizrahi, again, people that came the, the, from the, like, the Spanish immigration from Spain to Northern Africa, Libya, Algeria, uh, Tunisia, Morocco, they were more into believe. Mm-hmm. So most of them are can be less religious, but that tradition and God is inside of them. And maybe less than, again, Ashkenazi Jews that went through renaissance and enlightenment period and letting go of god all the islam countries and jews in the islam that process didn't happen there so whoa i'm so fascinated you think it's because of the renaissance and enlightenment i thought it might have been because of living in christian countries and being a little bit more persecuted than in islamic countries as jews i thought it was like we were um scared to connect you think it's more the opposite more the progressive values and enlightenment that sort of like happened in modernity that might have like taken it out of us you know that's that's the reason uh uh, the uh reform movement started in germany not in morocco right right when i was young i was asking my dad about those moroccans that dressed like ashkenazi black hats black uh, uh suits and he said it's always make him mad because in Morocco they used to wear jalabia it's like a long Arabic gown mm. so why do they wear it like why do they try to resemble Ashkenazi Jews European Jews mm. the answer is more uh, about the social studies of Israel and who's in the top of the pyramid but that's Oof. again different different subject <laughs> Yeah, but you touched on it twice now. I mean, I think it's um, alive, right? It's it's in the world still today, I think. So this is a big question, but in light of the moment, which I haven't figured out how to label on this podcast. I've called it a nightmare. I've called it a horrific moment. I've called it a war. I've called it a spiritual crisis. I don't know. But in light of that, are you able to, and you're living there, you're in the northern part of Israel, which means that you're close to the border of Lebanon and Hezbollah that is potentially gearing up for something, right? And you, you've you told me that you hear the, 
You hear the aircrafts over your house. You feel, and you're like a deep feeler, right? As a spiritual person, right? Like you're in the world, like you feel it. You feel the energy of what's going on, right? So I'm curious in light of that, are you able to still hold faith? Are you able to still hold the light in not just the individuals, the light in the possibility of something changing in the world? Do you do you have that hope button that people are deeply wanting to hear? How are you feeling? I don't think there's a question mark about belief. It doesn't, reality and what's happening in the world doesn't change my belief. You know, a lot of people ask, where was God in the Holocaust? But that's, you miss the point when you ask that. Hmm. Because God is there and God gave us our most, I call it my, my superpower, okay, is the ability to choose. And for me, as a person who grew up secular, I'm choosing God every morning, every minute of the day. And by choosing believing in that, I'm choosing to believe that there is good in the world and there is good in people and people can change. And it's not about God, it's about the godly inside people. And what do they do with that superpower? Because everybody has that superpower. We talked about it before. What do you do with that? Do you use it to, to uh, uh, spread hate and fear and terror? Or do you, do you use it to spread love and believe in person? I agree with all your terminology to this situation and I will use I can use even uh, uh, more uh, har harsh words because it is the end of the world as we know it and, and, and you know what I'm happy because we cannot stay in the world that we have been lying to ourselves and there's politicians that are lying to us and manipulating us and blah 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 and I prefer to see the truth and deal with the truth in hope it's not a hope it's a knowing that people can do better we as people jews arabs those labels and you know me are superficial because we are much more than just being jews or arab we are much more we are we are godly we can be so much but there are people from it's not just both sides it's like multiple sides that are using that power for their own ego, for their own benefits, for their own... And it's not, we didn't invent it, it's thousands of years. Now we're just living in this period of time, and what do you do with it? And I will say that I have, <laughs> two days ago, I thought the Ramadan started on the first of Adar, the first new moon. And did it start I, on the, did no, it start on the first Adar Bet, it's second Adar, Adar. Bet. Yeah, and, and I and I was confused, and I texted two of my very dear Muslim Arab Israeli friends, Palestinian friends, Ramadan Karim, and I wish you all well and your families. And I was like, those are my best friends, hmm. and they are. And one of them that we were working together for three years, and I, I will trust my kids, my kids' life in his hands. So it's it's yes, it's terrible. It's the end of the world, but it's an opportunity to do better. So, yes, definitely, I see the light. Definitely, 
I have to believe, even though, you know, I, I think to myself, maybe someone that listened to it now driving the car and said, okay, this is a Coco, this is a lunatic, and if he, <laughs> if he, if he, that's, that's what he believes in. But I'd rather to be a loco than, than to treat reality as reality and say, because if this is what life has to offer, why to wake up in the morning? We live in a crazy world, Tova, and you know Israel, and Israel is crazy. It's either your escaping reality and trying to do everything that you can in your power not to think about it because when you stop for a minute and think about a hundred and uh, I forgot the number now uh, 26 I think or hostages women men small children in Gaza all you want to do is is burst in tears and I will say I do it a lot in the past four months because every time you hear a story it's heartbreaking but hope Believe God, the divine, believing in my power as a divine being to change this reality. That's what keeps me going. Do you also feel like you cry over the Palestinians? I'm actually asking myself this question. Living in America, being removed from it, you know, safe in our little bubble on our Instagrams and our TikToks, you know, and our Twitters. There is sort of this like commitment in a particular way that we feel like, I, I'm not putting myself in the we, but generally the Jewish community feels like they must at all costs just identify with our own people right now. That we're one one people and that they're one people. And like, whatever that looks like, whatever version of that sort of happens, often I think language could be quite harsh and a little frightening to me to hear personally, because I feel like we're not seeing the other and not feeling the other and... I'll try to help you out. I'm not an Israeli official spokesman, okay? So I'm, I'm <laughs> off the hook uh, with that. But, and, and I acknowledge that most of the people that will listen to this podcast are American. Uh, uh, Jews are not Jews. We have some people in Canada, in New Zealand, one okay. in India, high, high person in India. We have a few in Israel. Okay. So I, w <laughs> yeah. I will say... Mostly America. Being, okay. <laughs> being honest is we, in our media, we don't see a lot about what's going on in Gaza. We don't. We don't see the babies. We don't see the people. We don't see... We, we don't get that. They don't broadcast that here. For a reason, we can understand that. And more than that, Israel is keeping the narrative of being the victim here. So we are right and they're wrong. So most of what I'm crying for is what I hear. And I, and, and I will say that what I'm crying about is the small, humane encounters. Mm. It's not about, okay, so-and-so died, so-and-so died. So It's not about that. It's especially what take me down is those positive action that people do to one another in this crisis. Mm. Helping out. Singers that go and sings to uh, uh, wounded soldiers in, in uh, uh, hospitals. That can tear me apart. Seeing people going outside their comfort zone just to comfort someone else. So I don't see that from the other side. And I will say 
that because I'm a spiritual person and I see myself as one and I identify as one, I mourn deeply our governments from both sides, our leaders from both sides. You know, I'm, I'm not embarrassed or shy to say that. I know that there were people that will be so mad for me saying that. I think the people we put up there, they're doing us wrong right now. All sides. Hmm. The power that they hold in the tip of their thumb to push one button that can ruin our life. We're talking right now. I'm sitting in my house, in my porch. You're sitting in LA. In any minute, a bomb can fly from Lebanon and ruin my city. And I acknowledge that. I, know, I can't lie to myself anymore. We know that. So, and that I mourn because I believe in love. I believe in oneness. We say every day, twice a day, Shema Israel, Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. And it's not that God is one. Everybody is one. And, and that wholeness, you know, there's a beautiful tale. I, I think it was Rabbi Ashlag. He was a great sage from the 20th century that he gave a like kind of a metaphor that what is the soul and God? What is the mm -hmm. relationship? And mm -hmm. he said, God is the mountain. Right. If you take one stone, any stone from the mountain, what is the stone now? Is the stone a mountain or just a stone? And that's the soul. And Nasrallah has, has that stone in him. Sinwar in Gaza has that. Bibi has that. What do you do with that? That's the question. And, in, you know, sometimes I had that urge to shake them. What are you doing with that gift that you got? And I deeply mourn because the children that grow up in Gaza and they're taught hatred and the children, some places in Israel that are taught to hate. I, I know it's sign kind of dorky or whatever. We it's need... not dorky here. You're at the ritual we... house. This is welcome. Keep going. <laughs> because we need to, we, we, we must, there's no other option. We need love to win. And we need people to understand that the gift that they got, they have to use it in a way that will light people. It's not about land. Who cares about land? And, and, and I'm deeply rooted in Israel and I love Israel. And I'm a great Zionist. But it's, not, it's about people. It's not about a piece of land. It's about people. Sorry, I, I feel like I shouted, but it's like, that's my cry. It's like, we have to change it. And and places like the ritual house and, and, you know, other places that I'm speaking, that's the cry. We need, we need a different story. It's not about religions. It's not about the land. If it does, it's a kindergarten crawl. Quarrel. Oh my God. Yeah, quarrel. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and we're not in the kindergarten. And and we that, don't need the kindergarten. But teacher that's how we're acting. That's how we're acting. Yeah. We're yeah. acting as if we are. And lives are, lives upon lives are lost. It's a tragedy. I don't know. I believe we are going to find a different way. There's like, there's, that's the only way. It's the only way. My question is, when is that starting? Like, when. And I guess it is starting already in those tiny moments that you're talking about in the one-on-one -on -one exchange and the seeing of the other in the remembering that we're here to take care of each other in the remembering of taking care of the land itself and whether that it's the holiest of holiest lands like the ones being fighting fi being fought over right the second or just land in general like right like it's just seeing 
all of us as one, like connected. And like, if we start acting like that, the world will change. But it's not going to happen with the, with the leadership that we have. I would argue spiritual leadership that we have in the world. And I would also argue political leadership that we have in the world right now. Like that's not, I mean, I guess maybe they can have like a wake up awakening. That's always possible. But I would say like the way we're going is going through the kindergarten choral <laughs> class and detached and devoid of like a connection to what matters. And I do have this belief on most days that we're figuring it out, but I'm I'm in this moment today where I'm like, when are we gonna figure it out? And I know you don't have that answer. I know no one has that answer. I, I recognize that, but I'm ready, right? I'm ready for the rebuild instead of the destruction. And we're still in the destruction phase of whatever this world is. And Israel represents that. That land has always represented that. That land has birthed so much, destroyed and burned so much over and over and over again historically. So it's going to happen there. It has to, right? That like we're in it right now. We're re reimagining what it's going to be, but we're still, people are dying. Mm-hmm. And people are detached from their death. They're just, you know, fighting, you know, it's it's a mess. It is a mess. And I will say that the change already began. This podcast, you, your teachings, you living in this world. And, and you know, I was sitting just Sunday evening with two of my very close friends. They're both, I call them witches, but they're spiritual not religious, by the way, but very spiritual. One is uh, very into kind of Russian spirituality. He's cool. from a Russian descendant. His yeah. grandmother was the greatest witch. She was amazing. I <laughs> love Russian witches. I, ha- I have a friend that is one. They're amazing. We were talking about that and those conversation and people that will stand up to their role in this life and will get out of the closet and be brave enough to speak light and love, even though it's not popular. And we need to say from the river to the sea or the opposite, I don't care, right? Who's saying what? We need to speak up because it's easier to be silent. And and I'm saying it to myself, I don't like Israeli politics. I don't talk about it a lot. Like it's not mine, but we need to step up because we leave the floor for those people who's more uh, acting more out of their ego than out of love. And we have to speak up. Mm. And we were talking this Sunday about we need to change the narrative. We need to tell a different story. Because if you go into the Quran, you go into the New Testament or the Old Testament, it's all about the interpretations. Yeah. And the interpretation was done by men. Yeah. Created by men, for men, to be interpreted by more men. So, yeah. So let's change it. We need we need brave men and women that will tell a different story. Now, we're not, it's not a, a revolution. People did it before us. But Rabbi Ashlag actually is talking about it. In the beginning of the 20th century, he says we need a critical mass. Hmm that will talk the talk and walk the walk, and then it will overcome the darkness. It's not about convince. I can't convince anybody to do anything. And I was just sharing that on Sunday, that what I like about podcast is that you drive in your car, you can join this conversation. You can interrupt <laughs> and say anything. You need to be quiet now and listen. And I sometimes I argue 
my in, in you know listening to other people podcasts but they don't hear me so maybe that's you know one idea or one thought that will stuck in their mind and they will say okay i need to think about it and that's how we start to change great so i'm gonna like i'm gonna summarize all of it because i know we have to close soon but one is you see each person with a divine spark with a godliness and in, in, inside them and they are a vessel to a light that sometimes they know they need to feel it, but they don't know how to feel it. And that you can see that. And and I know that you've done that for me, right? So that's one. Two, that somehow we are living through a truth moment, which is just so heartbreaking and heart-wrenching and not easy to live through, just awful. But that with that truth moment, we will somehow see the truth and then build something that is more honest, perhaps not patriarchal, perhaps new, something spiritual that we're going to build together. And three... Can I interrupt for a second and just add something? Yeah. Because in Kabbalah, again, the spiritual world of Judaism, there is a saying that the Mashiach, Messiah, will come in two ways. Uh-huh. In Aramaic, the old Hebrew language, it says itaruta dil ela and itaruta dil tata. Awakening from above and awakening from below. Uh-huh. And what is that? And it says awakening from below is that we will be awake. Mm. Oh my God, we don't need this. We can be good people. We can act nicely. We can share our money or whatever we can just be good but if we want understanding ourselves, then the awakening will come from above and god quote unquote will make such a big mess and such a as you said a heartbreak and it will be so painful and then we will hit our forehead and say oh my god now i understand let's change Hmm. the bummer about it is that we need that because we're people and sometimes we don't see and we don't hear and we don't listen because we're so stubborn and driven by ego and we need such horrific event time error to wake up like the holocaust or world war ii wasn't enough we need something else hopefully it's enough and maybe tomorrow morning a miracle will happen and Joe Biden and Bibi and Nasrallah and Hezbollah will wake up from a beautiful dream and said, Jesus, Muhammad, Moses was uh, was revealed to me in a dream and asked me to stop. Just I, I know it's a stupid idea, but well, it's Well, it's not a stupid idea. My ideas are just as stupid. I believe that like we should be all walking to the Gaza border like at the time when everything oh was God. right there and we should all just put our guns stop. down. Yeah. Just, yeah. just all together, just like one at a right. No, nothing is crazy. Of course not. That's how things change. But that's what we need to do. To, all right, to so okay. we're gonna do yeah. it, Ron. My last question: rituals. Is there a ritual that really helps contain you these days? Okay, we need another hour because I'm a ritual person. I that's that, I think that's what I like your podcast so much because. I, I will refer to two, okay? Every Friday noon, afternoon before Shabbat, I take a shower and I put my Shabbat dress and I have uh, a whole white jalabiya, again, like a, an Arabic gown or dress. Uh, I have one outfit that I brought from Morocco, which I love dearly. 
I don't want to interrupt you, but can I do it for one second, just for humor's sake? The first time I met Ron was him wearing this outfit. I'm not joking. <laughs> I drove into camp. This is where we met. And he was wearing this outfit. And I was like, at the time, not out of the closet, not even directly consciously connected to my own spiritual connection. I was resisting it in some way, even though I was in the closet doing it. And I saw him walk out and I was like, not going to be friends with that guy and walk the other way. We ended up becoming friends later. But anyway, keep going. It's just like, it's how I picture you in that garb, actually. <laughs> so I love it because there's many reasons why I wear that. And it is weird. And even people in Israel look at me strange. Even when I get inside synagogues, people look at me strange. I don't, you know, I don't care. I like it. But for me, growing up secular, Shabbat was a day of rest, but that's it. But for me, it's important because my kids know that before Shabbat, I'm going to take my shower, I'm going to wear my Shabbat dress, and something is different in the world for Shabbat. And it's kind of a window in time, which I super love. This is one. And second, I love Friday night Kabbalat Shabbat, like the... Uh, receiving of Shabbat prayers and there is a, a specific nigun, a nusach, a, a sound, lyrics that I, it's, it's to die for, it's to live for and you get into the synagogue, by the way, especially in camp, there is something about everybody singing it together, not even knowing the meaning of the word all the time, but is there's a, a, a kind of togetherness. Wait, which one? Which melody? Sing it. Uh, um, Oh, I forgot uh, the name of the rabbi. Uh, Shlomo Karlbach. Karlbach, yes, thank you. I love it. I love it. And for me, it's the uplifting of the spirit. Mm. It's the knowing. And, and there's Talmors. I can give you every part of Shabbat. And that the ritual to it, even my Kiddush is a bit different. And when I pause and when I meditate and blessing the bread is kind of different. And, and I think that's the thing about ritual. There was one podcast that uh, it, you interviewed a lady, I forgot her name, and she was talking about the ritual in taking a bath. Mm. And I said, oh my God, I'm going to exercise this tradition. I'm loving it. And in, it's not the bath or the, the shower that you're taking. It's the consciousness and the energy that you put in that ritual. So it can be even eating an apple or drinking water. But when you're pausing, breathing, you know, uh, uh, tuning your consciousness. Oh, my God. And, and that's for me. Uh, and, and I do it a lot. Thank you so much for being here. I just, yes, we could go on for hours because we do. We voice note each other for hours. So we will have you back and we'll continue to get some more Moroccan traditions in here and your trip to Morocco, as well as we got to bring more angels in because I know you have a relationship with the angels. So we'll, we'll have you back to, to do more of that. And um, grateful for you being in the world, being a friend, a leader, being here. Toda. And I will ask to end and for everybody that is listening, if they can join in a prayer to peace that will come soon and the hostage to be released and to the wounded from both sides to be healed mentally and physically and 
and maybe a prayer for God and, and I don't know for the divine within us to enlighten the leaders around us to see us and see love and people as people and hopefully we will wake up in the morning tomorrow and everything will be over and we can start new and build this world differently with love Amen you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. And of course, please continue to follow Ron. He has so much to offer. You can find him on Facebook, Ron Zohar, Instagram, Ron Zohar. I believe he also has a TikTok. Find him, follow him. And I have a feeling he's going to be starting a podcast soon. I'm just putting that intention out for him because he has so much to share. Oh, so many rituals that he's letting us walk away with. So I highly recommend trying those on, really finding your way, your personal way this week to get ready for Shabbat. What does that look like? Maybe it's not putting on a specific garb like he does, but maybe it is that shower. Maybe that is um, getting flowers. I I used to do that. That was a big ritual for me on Shabbat, which was like getting flowers. Maybe it's cooking a bigger meal. Something, something that allows for you to transition from this is a regular day to this is actually Shabbat. Shabbat, a day of rest, a day that I'm going to connect to. So that's one ritual I'm going to like really make sure that we lift up. The second one is to put two of your feet together, stand straight, tall, and do that three times a day. Set a little alarm on your phone to do this and three times a day, take a break from the computer, from what you're doing and stand for one minute. Connect to yourself, connect to your higher self. See yourself as an angel as our tradition actually shares, the Jewish tradition shares. You're like an angel when you're doing the Amidah. Be present with yourself for just a minute, three times a day. I think if we all did that, the world would be far better off. And I think the only way that we can see our neighbor and our fellow human as a unique holy soul, as someone, B'Tselem Elohim, created in the image of divine, is if we allow for ourselves to feel that truth as well. And so that's an invitation to try on for this week. Wishing you another week of such care and love for yourself. Really, there's a lot going on. Take care of yourself. Take care of your neighbor take care of your friend and take care of yourself. People have been asking through DMs how they can help support. We have this like recorded thing at the end, subscribe, do the things. But really, if you haven't done the thing, like rated or subscribed or shared with a person, please do that this week. It really means a lot. Thanks. Take good care. Thank you for listening to the Ritual House podcast. Please be sure to follow the show on whichever platform you are listening to this right now so that you'll never miss an episode. And as we grow the show, we want to hear about the rituals that are meaningful to you. We invite you to share your ritual practices with us. You can DM us at theritual.house on Instagram or find us on our website, www.theritual.house. Also, as a new show, your feedback is really important to us. Please head on over to Apple Podcasts and write us a review. And if you enjoyed this episode, why not share it with a friend? We'll see you back here next week to continue the ritual revolution. In the meantime, I'm wishing you a week 
filled with intention and attention. Take good care.